This is the Action Network Podcast. Oh, now do you believe these guys are good? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Action Network Podcast. My name is Michael Leboff. I am the hockey editor here at Action Network. And joining me for this very special uh, Stanley Cup final betting preview show is my friend, one of our hockey experts, Nick Martin, coming to us from Calgary, Alberta. Uh, and Nick, we've got a, a dream matchup here for the Stanley Cup final. Two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning looking for a three-peat and their 12th playoff series win uh, in a row. And they're the underdogs taking on the Colorado Avalanche, who were the Stanley Cup favorites on night one. They were the Stanley Cup favorites the day the playoffs started. And they are the Stanley Cup favorites, minus 175 to hoist the cup right now uh, as we embark on uh, the Stanley Cup final, which begins Wednesday night in Colorado. The Lightning plus 150. Let's start with the Avalanche, 12 and 2 overall in the postseason so far. They're averaging 4.6 goals per game. They've been a favorite in every game so far. They were the underdog seven times from opening night to where we are right now this entire season. And one of those nights was a night, the last night of the regular season on a back-to-back where they just rested everybody. That just tells you what the, what uh, this team's all about. And saying that, I think that the number, if you're if you're just looking for action, I think the number is pretty close to being fair, but it's Tampa or nothing for me on the series line because I just think the Lightning, they have the a decided edge in goaltending. Their depth is, especially at Braden Point, it looks like he's going to be a go for game one. And if he's not for game one, it'll be game two. With him in the lineup, the depth, maybe it doesn't tip towards the Lightning, but it's close enough that it becomes a little bit, the series becomes closer to a coin flip than I think the odds will make it out to be. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think it's gotten pretty long, uh, especially that there are some questions around the avalanche. We haven't really seen Kemper actually have to do anything, which I think you can obviously take as a big positive towards their play. We probably haven't seen a team get through three rounds without really relying on their goalie at any point like the avalanche have. So Obviously, that can be looked at as a pro, but they're not going to control play to the same rate versus Tampa Bay. And the goals aren't just, they're not just going to score their way out of all their problems. And then, yeah, obviously with Kadri out, if point comes back and can actually make a difference, then that's a pretty big swing in the depth for sure. Yeah, I think, like you said, like 12 and 2, the Avalanche are 4.6 goals per game, favorite in every game, two sweeps. The two games they lost to the Blues, one of them was in overtime. It was just a crazy game where the Blues came back twice in like the last four minutes. And yet, like, you look at those teams, Nashville was on their backup goalie and then had to go to their third string goalie because David Riddick just wasn't up to snuff uh, against the Avalanche in games one and two. They play the Blues. Jordan Bennington looks great in the early part of the series, and he gets hurt. And you add into that that the Blues were playing without Tori Krug, Marco Scandella at points, Nick Letty at points. So their blue line was all banged up. And then the Oilers, who are a good, a good team, top eight NHL team going into the playoffs. I think we can all agree on that at this point. However, their defense is their weak link, right? So the Oilers just, excuse me, the Avalanche just haven't really been tested by a juggernaut yet. Whereas the Lightning played a lot of teams, trendy Stanley Cup pick in the round, first round, which was the Toronto Maple Leafs, hung in there, went down one nothing, 2-1, 3-2, and then won a game seven in Toronto, 2-1. Then they sweep the Florida Panthers, the President's Trophy winners, most goals scored in a regular season in the salary cap era. And then they go down 2-0 to the Rangers, and then 2-0 in game three, come all the way back to win four in a row against 
the only goaltender who can come close to Andre Vasilevsky in terms of best goalie in the world status, right? So whereas Tampa Bay has passed an incredible amount of, you know, arduous tests, Colorado has it. And and that's why I think like it's I'm not being skeptical of Colorado. I admit that they are the best team in the NHL. It's just when you're playing, when you need to win four out of seven against Tampa Bay in their current form, the way they're playing and with their goaltender, it's a lot different from, you know, blowing the doors off of the Nashville Predators and then doing the same thing to the Edmonton Oilers and, and just kind of outlasting the blues the way that they did. Right. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think there's not really a debate that Tampa Bay have had a much tougher path to the final. I think we've seen some hate over the last two years, justified or not, that the cup wins were kind of cheapies. I don't really buy into that, but this one definitely would not be because they've taken out four really, really good teams if they were to win the cup again. So yeah, I think Tampa obviously have proven more so far. It's hard to say if that'll end up being necessarily such a positive or not, maybe if they're a little worn down, but that said, with Kadri out of it, it's not like they should be heading into this with a much worse injury situation than Colorado, especially uh, with Gerard out too. Obviously, Bo Byram's really, really stepped up. But yeah, I just, I think this all kind of comes back to the question, which we started this all with, is the series price a little too long right now? And I think with those question marks, it is kind of just a good comment towards, it might be for Tampa. And you look at the like uh, the series spread, right? Colorado minus one and a half is plus one ten. Similarly, like I think that is is way too short. Like you need to give me a much better number to to back Colorado to win by more than one game because of the way that Tampa has shown just their one of their innate skills, and this isn't something we can really quantify. Is just hanging around and pacing themselves in a series. Uh, they just look what they did to the Rangers going down to nothing and then just willing their way back, not only into the series, but then to win four straight games to, to win that series. And there, there was a moment basically, and I, I don't want to say, it cause it's too obvious to point at the, the Rangers losing that game three when they were up to nothing, but I would say like around game four in that series, there was just was a moment where the, the lightning just kind of clicked like, and, and it, when that happens in a series, I've, I'm, I've seen it twice with the Islanders, right? Like when they get their teeth into an opponent, they just don't let them go. And that doesn't mean that they're going to win, but it does mean that they're going to hang in. Like they're just going to hang on for the ride. So I think Tampa and basically any uh, of the derivatives too, if you want to take a shot on Tampa to win like a short series, like I just think everything based off of Tampa having value to win the series will then also have, uh, have value. Let's switch to game one. Then it's minus 155 for the avalanche plus 135 for the bolts over under is at six with the overjuiced uh, minus 120. I think that what this line is telling us, the minus 155 being 20 cents below the series line is the market knows the rest versus rust narrative by now in the NHL playoffs. We know that the, the Lightning have, they played a couple nights ago. They'll have a, an adequate amount of rest, a, a normal amount of rest, let's say. And they can also get acclimatized to the altitude in Denver, whereas the, the Avalanche are going to be off for a long time in between series. And just going back, we have now have historical data, not just in this postseason and the postseason before that, um, that you just don't want to be off this long in the NHL. Like the bye weeks were always a disaster for the teams coming off a bye if they were playing a team uh, that wasn't off a bye. And it's especially true for goaltending. The only thing is the Avalanche aren't as reliant on their goaltenders as a lot of other teams. So if even if Darcy Kemper is you know, not in form. And he's also, we need to mention that, you know, he's been injured twice in this playoff. So his, his layoff is even longer uh, than the team. It's not a huge deal if he's not, 
in form because they just don't really need him and on a game-by-game basis. Obviously, over a series, they will. But I truly expect Andre Vasilevsky just to pick up where he left off against the Rangers. So it's a little expensive on the Lightning. But once again, like if, if I'm making a bet in this game, it's I'm taking the plus 135 over the, the minus 155 here as well. Yeah, I think with how much the Lightning have shown, like you don't really want to jump in on a team with a couple question marks at such a long number. I think personally, I would say Lightning or the under are kind of my two means. It obviously, I think it's a game where it wouldn't be overly surprising to see really any number of things happen. But I think with what we saw at the end of the Rangers series, it's pretty likely we'll see Tampa stick it out defensively, come out sharp. And even with how high powered the Avalanche's offense is, when you do the right things, and you have Vasilevsky in net, it's pretty hard to generate. Like if they're not going to have complete breakdowns, they're not going to give up easy odd man rushes, that sort of thing. It's pretty likely that they're still going to keep that lunch to a reasonable total. So I think kind of with where the lines are set, those would be my first two looks kind of revolving around maybe a lower scoring avalanche or sorry, lightning win or probably kind of the angles where I see some value. And, and on that note, uh, one long shot bet I like for game one is Vasilevsky to pitch a shutout. It's 16 to one. Uh, which tells you a couple of things. One, like he, he was being dealt at like eight to one, nine to one to do, do to pitch a shutout against the Rangers. So it just tells you just how good this avalanche offense is, especially at home. But the reason I, I think that that bet holds some value is because the rust factor, right? We just don't know how this avalanche team, I mean, they could score a goal 35 seconds in. We know that this team can score at the, on the blink of an eye and it's an unlikely bet to win, but there just is a, there is a universe out there where the, the avalanche just aren't clicking out of the gates. And with the lightning's defensive prowess, if they sense that they're going to just lock it up and they're just going to turn this game into a rock fight. They're like, okay, we'll, we'll try to win the two, one game. Cause that's what the avalanche are giving them. If the avalanche score early and, and, you know, open yeah. things up, then the lightning can also play that way too. But yeah, I, I, and- that's why I think that that, that bet, like I actually really like that bet, the 16 to one on Vasilevsky to pitch a shutout. Yeah, I can definitely uh, agree. I see some value there. Um, and I'm not saying it's going to go this way and wouldn't be surprising to see Colorado Colorado come up flying by any means. But yeah, that kind of a price. And we saw with Vegas last year, Colorado did kind of shut down, got a little nervy at the end of the series. And I think at the first game of the final, it's not insane to think that we could see them look that way here. And, and, they, and the way that Tampa kind of paces themselves as well, like I think that they're going to just be much more comfortable in the game one kind of feeling out process than, than the avalanche will. Cause the avalanche just, they know, and, and they're much more versatile than this is going to make it sound like, but like they know and want to play at one speed, right? They just want to play North South. They just want to generate as many pucks into the offensive zone. They want to skate as many pucks into the offensive zone as possible. Whereas against the lightning, like if they don't give you that, you need to find a plan B pretty quickly or else you're going to pay for it. And you're just going to get fresh. I mean, we saw it with the Florida Panthers, right? Like they would just get visibly frustrated at every game and like couldn't generate anything consistently. So if, if Tampa is able to do that then uh, and frustrate the avalanche offense, you're talking about Vasilevsky maybe getting through a period and a half where he he's, and of course he's, he's one of the best goalies in the world. So that's also why this bet, bet has some value. We didn't even mention that. Um, but like you're, you're, you could see like a, a getting into like the, the middle of that second period where the avalanche are just trying to find it still. And if you do that, you're holding a 16 to one ticket on a shutout. You'll take that any day of the week. Now on to sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. 
It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the amount you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends, and make some money. Make sure to use promo code ACTION and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper, then use promo code ACTION when you deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Okay, back to the show. All right, uh, let's look at the Con Smythe market really quick. Uh, it's you know it's so late in the game now that it's it's kind of hard to to find entry points here. Kale McCarr is the favorite at plus two hundred. Nathan McKinnon plus two twenty. Uh, then it's the key to Kucherov, which I find interesting. He's plus three seventy five. Uh, Vasilevsky's four to one. Stamkos fourteen to one. And the only kind of long shot that I think has any shred of value at this point is is Andre Palat. I'll, I'll get into him in a little bit. Um, what are your thoughts there? Uh, at the top of the board, anything you like, you know, we talk about the strategy about uh, before the playoffs. And then, you know, last week when we, when we did kind of a, an update before the series was set about finding a correlated con Smythe bet to get a better number on, you know, series line for both of these teams. But I guess at this point, like that strategy has to go out the window because the way Kucherov's price. Yeah. I think personally, the betting market's undervaluing what uh, Vasilevsky's done a little bit so far. I don't know if they think the voters are going to like the story of finally giving Kucherov one, if maybe that's something that's going into it. But I personally think Vasilevsky should have established a pretty huge lead entering this series uh, more than I think those prices reflect. Because I think at the end of the Toronto series, it's pretty clear that he kind of got it done for them, came through basically in the huge moments in game six and game seven. And then the Florida series was pretty obvious that he was by far and away their most key player. So I think basically, yeah. And then same deal with the Rangers series at the end. I think he established himself. So I really am surprised he's not more heavily favored. I do think this could potentially be a good series for Kucherov if it does end up being a little higher scoring and the avalanche, maybe Kemper falters a little bit and the lightning do end up with some pretty big totals and they win. I could see how that would help Kucherov. But personally, I still do think that there's some value there on Vasilevsky because I just don't think that market's reflecting how far ahead he should be in this race right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I would make Vasilevsky the favorite uh, of the Lightning players. I think you're right, right? It's it's the narrative. We, the betting market knows that these are human beings that vote on the award. And Vasilevsky won it last year, and they don't want to give it to the same guy two years in a row, basically. Um, so that's why I think we're starting to see uh, some love for Kucherov. I know, I know, I think some people would point to Stamkos. He's got nine goals, so he's leading the team there in that regard as as a potential long shot. But I think that if if you're going to go beyond those guys, I think Andre Palat is, and you just want to, you know, a punt, like a true, true punt here. It's Andre Palat. Eight goals, eight assists for 16 points. Eight, his eight goals are one behind Stamkos for the team lead. Uh, but it's he's building himself this kind of reputation of being uh a, a really clutch performer because he is uh, he had the game winning goal in, in game five. He had the game winning goal uh, in, in the last minute of game three. And he was the one who, who made that stretch pass to Kucherov, which who then passed it to Stamkos for the game winning goal 
uh, in the elimination game, game six. So the reason I think it's a very, very thin path for Palat, but the reason I think there is one is because we're going to be seeing a lot of, if the Lightning win, then you would think that we'd probably see some tight, lower scoring, 2-1, 3-2 type games. And he's just the type of player that in those environments will pop up on the score sheet. And if he has two, maybe three big goals in this series and, and passes Stamkos for the goal scoring lead, and maybe Kucherov is a little you know, pedestrian, maybe Vasilevsky has an off game or two, then we're talking, he's, he, he should be in the, at least in the conversation. And he, like I said, he's become a little bit of a media darling with what he did in the Rangers series. So at 80 to one, I find him just to be a little bit, a little bit interesting. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely see the the logic there. Should we go into the yeah. avalanche guys? Yeah, the right? avalanche guys. This is, it's, I, I think Makar, if they win, it's Makar. Right. It's, yeah, at this I've come point, around like, on that a little I, more. You're seeing a lot more of the narratives in the media. It's like you said uh, when we talked last time. I do think it's kind of became clear that he's the one who's really overtaken most of the story. I think it would take a pretty big series from McKinnon for it to be him uh, over Makar, and I, I don't know if we will see that. Makar has just been so dominant that, and all the underlying numbers suggest that he is making a bigger difference. So, yeah, I think. I think it's starting to look like it'll be McCarr if it is the avalanche. So you, yeah, you need a huge series from McKinnon. And even if he has a big series, like that probably means McCarr is doing a lot of the work too, right? Like he's, he's facilitating, he's getting assists on McKinnon goals. And, you know, if McKinnon's going off, that means probably the games are open wide open and that suits McCarr. So I have a tough time. I think McKinnon should be kind of where Vasilevsky is at like four to one. I think McCarr should be almost odds on at this point. So maybe there is like a shred of value there. If you want to take the chance of, of, of betting uh, the avalanche series price instead, maybe take a little bit of, of a riskier bet with a higher uh, ceiling and, and, and back McCarr. Uh, to win yeah. the Smythe. And one other like important note that I'd make is I think a lot of the avalanches series wins are going to involve shutting down the Kucherov line and Taves and McCarr. They've shown that they can shut down the top units very clearly. The series versus Edmonton proved that, you know, full full tilt and i just think it's quite likely if they win it's going to be with that pairing dominating the kucherov unit and then that's going to be really apparent as well and i think that'll swing some voters into how just how crucial makar is to the team and let's talk about one last market before we sign off here uh top goal scorer for the series run through the odds really quick at least at top of the board ranton in five to one for the avalanche is a favorite mckinnon plus 550 stamco seven to one kucherov seven and a half to one uh gabriel landisgaard eight to one. And then, you know, there's a bunch of players in between that it's very unlikely that they'll win and the prices aren't good enough, but then Palat shows up again at 20 to one. I have a little bit of interest again there. Like it would have to be a pretty low scoring series where someone like five goals for Palat is, is enough or maybe even four. So if, if I'm going to bet that one, I would just rather bet. I think that take the 80 to one on, on the cons, my, on my, on my man, Andre Palat, but anything you see here uh, for the goal scores. Yeah, for the goals, I didn't personally, but I definitely agree. Actually, my my favorite long shot would be Palat. If they're going to stick him out on that line the whole time, there's definitely a good chance. We saw in the Ranger series, he can end up on the end of um, some easy ones there from Kucherov. And you might not think of him as much. He's, he's not as noticeable driving the play, but it's definitely possible he ends up on enough to hang around at a 20 to 1 price there. You said it right there, right? He hangs around. He's just the type of player that's just, he's always around the action. And if, if this is a, you know, a low scoring type series, like that's the type of player that you need, like just the guy who's in the right place at the right time at the right moment. 
anything else for you? I know you, you were kind of targeting another market real quick before we get out of here. Yeah, the last market that I saw some value on, so points bet had Kale McCarr at six to one to win the, or to put up the most points in the series. And I think there's some strong value there. He entering the series has the most best points per game in the playoffs out of anyone in the series. He's got 22, which leads the avalanche. And I think Kucherov had 23, but he's obviously played more games. So just on that narrative, the fact the avalanche could control more of the play, it's quite possible. They're obviously rightfully favored to win the series. So yeah, I think that's a pretty good number for someone who's, I think, more logically the series leader in points than that suggests. Awesome. Uh, So that'll do it for uh, this episode of the Action Network podcast Uh, for Dick Martin. I'm Michael Leboff. And a reminder, if you are into betting on hockey, we have a hockey betting podcast that will be covering every game of the Stanley Cup final. It's called Line Change with an exclamation point at the end. And you can find it same place you can find this podcast. Um, But until we talk to you again, we wish you all the best of luck with your bets on the Stanley Cup final.